the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our new series entitled Courageous Conversations, and the point of this series is to look at the world through the lens of faith to better understand how we should navigate the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God as His children and His holy priests. With me in the studio today, as always, my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo, and Pastor Steve Dennis. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Happy to be here. Friends, to begin this conversation, I would like to open with two points. First, we live in a fallen world. It's a battlefield. We say that because the enemy, Satan, wants to overthrow God. God and the devil are contending for our hearts and minds. God carefully nurtures the good in us, giving us the freedom to find our way home to him. He has provided his word written in black and white to guide us, He sent his son to die for us as an atonement for our sins. And in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have a new opportunity and a map to guide us through every day. The devil, on the other hand, wants to enslave us, using our flesh, confusion, and division to do it. He wants to kill and destroy, and we see his work all around us every day. The second point I would like to offer is, is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If there's someone out there thinking they are righteous, then they are actually in the sin of pride. Humility in our fallen nature allows us to submit to Jesus, to pray earnestly for his help, to submit to God's word, and to have compassion for those around us. The Bible tells us when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, 
like sheep without a shepherd. So the challenge for us as warriors on this spiritual battlefield is to walk by faith in Jesus, according to the word of God, to have compassion, to help each other on our journey home, and yet to stand firm lest everything become gray and muddy and confusing and of little value to the kingdom of God. And we're going to talk about all of this today in our series called Courageous Conversations. Pastor Steve, would you please pray for us? Be honored to. Father God, we praise your holy name, Lord. We come to you with a simple request. <clears throat> do with this time what only you can do. Let your Holy Spirit take and guide us and take the words and guide guide them to land on fertile hearts that are ready to receive a a multiplication of that word in them and see the harvest in their life and the fruit come to bear of actually putting the word to practice and and to, for standing on their faith and to have a steadfastness of hope lord that is our prayer that that this time would bear much fruit so have your way in this time as only you can in jesus mighty name amen amen, amen. friends rules of engagement are the directives issued by a military authority specifying the circumstances and limitations under which forces will engage in combat with the enemy. Combat is confusing, and we need rules to guide us. For Christians, Jesus has given us our rules of engagement. And this is so important because we do contend on a spiritual battlefield, we will come face to face with both the enemy and those who are lost and our opportunity. And we have to speak in love to them the truth, but to do so in a way that's profitable. Because if it's not profitable, then it's not worth talking about. So what comes to me, Romans chapter 16, verse 17. Now I urge you, brethren... Keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned and turn away from them. So this is hard, right? Because some of the people that we encounter, we are to turn away from. And some of the people we encounter are actually our opportunity. And when we speak the truth to them in love, then the Holy Spirit can work in their hearts. So the couple things that are in the back of my mind in this conversation is, what is love? And we know that that word has been twisted all out of shape in this world that says it's everything from casual sex to lust. Why don't we start there? Pastor Steve, what is love? Well, that's, that's such the great question, and you're, you're 100% right. I mean, I can say I love fajitas. I love dirt <laughs> yeah. bikes. I love my wife. I love Jesus, and I can say them all in the same context, in the same tone, so it just really dumbs all of them down. You'll hear people probably get more excited over fajitas than they do their wife, or you know, th there's more tone and more reflection when they say love a lot of times on their favorite sport or their, you know, I'm going yeah, fishing, true. I love fishing, I love deer hunting, I love whatever. They'll get excited and ramped up on that. Do you love Yeah, I love my wife. You know, and, and the, the tone and the inflections there because of the dulling down and the numbing of that word. We use that one word for everything, 
there's multiple words in the Greek for it, the, the phileo, the agape, the, and, but really, if I had to just answer this in one thing, it's sacrificial. Love is it, sacrificial. You know, so am I willing to sacrifice maybe a friendship or even a job to speak the truth? Yeah, you, you know, the thing that comes to me is I think the first place where love is confused uh, in our culture is like and love. I think most of the time when we say love, we mean like. What do you think about that? I like fajitas. Right. I, well, I think like what Pastor Steve is saying, it's been dumbed down. So we really don't know what love is. And to me, love is a choice. So it ties into that sacrificial. It's 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 more than just a whim. Right. It's more than just fajitas. So if you're wondering why we start there, and nothing against fajitas. Oh, I love fajitas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See? Did you notice so, her tone and, and her and reflection? I'm very, yeah. very hungry. I just said it, didn't I? Yeah. I put my, but I love him <laughs> very <Right>. much. <laughs> um, so I think the reason why it's important, because that's the first place where we distinguish, where we say, if I care more about you than I do myself— then wouldn't I be willing to say to you whatever is true and in black and white in the Bible? And that might be good. Uh, You're doing great. That was charitable. You've been very patient. And it might also be in chastisement because we know Scripture is suitable for chastisement. So what if I say to you, rather than letting you throw yourself off a spiritual cliff, I say to you, that's not right what you're doing. Scripture says this. And so I think that's an important distinction between love and like. And I think a lot of times we're in like, and Christians aren't about like. We're about love. We're on a battlefield. This is combat. It's also to um, taking action or not taking action based in love. So, for example, a, a person whom you love, you may choose to not be with any longer because you're you're not the right person for that that person. Because you don't want to become a codependent in their sin or their toxicity, right. or either that or they. It's not the right time of life or what have you, and you want more for that person to to have what God has for that person than me, 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 I, I, I type of thing. So it goes back to that sacrificial. And I think also not only have we dumbed down the word. We, we've also tried to redefine what it means in so many ways. And one of the biggest ways that I believe the, the effects of spiritual battlefield is if I don't agree with you and support what you're doing, then I must not love you. Oh, yeah. Brilliant point. And so why are we talking about this? Well, in the next segment, we're going to get to something that's on all of our hearts Uh, I landed the other day. I flew back from Germany, and Pastor Steve and Christy had exchanged a couple texts about this subject, and I had to text Christy and say, are you kidding me? (laughs) Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a joke or whatever. Granted, I was very tired. So we're going to get to that in the second segment. The reason why we're starting here is because... I don't think Christians want to tell people rough news. As we are supposed to stand firm at this intersection, I think a lot of time we think it's more loving to go with the flow, and it's actually not. I think people in general don't want to tell people rough news. 
I mean, we don't do conflict very well. But then as Christians, we are supposed to walk in the truth. And then when we don't speak the truth, then uh, you find yeah, us. Yeah, that's actually a very interesting point. If, uh, and you've said it before, I'm so attached to Jesus that I'm not attached to this particular uh, circumstance right here. I just want what is true and loving according to Jesus. At the same time, we kind of shy away from the conflict. But the truth is, we can be matter of fact about it. Uh, we are that way uh, when flying. We have a flight manual. We have a flight operations manual. And, hey, it's written in black and white. This is what it says. It's not like or dislike. It's just that right now you did something you weren't supposed to. I brought it to your attention. I expect you to correct yourself. I think the thing you have to look at is we also, here in the secular world, you need to love yourself. And we've got that all misplaced as well. And so if I love myself, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm not going to go outside myself to the truth. Okay, so we're going over this to establish a foundation for the conversation upcoming, which has to do with a local church which has put itself decidedly against Scripture and has advertised to the local community something that is demonic. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you're listening to this station and this show, there's a good chance that you believe in Jesus. There's a good chance you want to live for Him, but there's also a good chance you struggle to live by your faith in this fallen world. Sound familiar? If it does, please join us for a special day of learning that will empower you as a Christian warrior to affect spiritual, personal, political, economic, educational, and social change. The first step in a warrior's journey is boot camp. In this boot camp for Christian men, we will address this conflict as you begin to realize the power of God's plan for your life. You'll gain clarity about your unique gifts and kingdom purpose. You'll identify your values and better understand how to live out those values. And you'll identify your most authentic opportunity as a Christian leader at home, at work, in church, and in the community. Rather than struggle, you'll feel power, compassion, and purpose. Join us Saturday, November 5th, 2022 from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Grace Family Fellowship in Willis, Texas. For more details and to reserve your seat, go to ccbootcamp2022.eventbrite.com. The cost is $99, and there's a discount for veterans and first responders. Take this step with us. Again, go to ccbootcamp2022.eventbrite.com for more details and to register. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our series called Courageous Conversations. The truth is that we live in the world. We are spiritual beings living in the world, and it is to that world that we bring the light and love of Christ. And it's a very difficult world, and we've characterized it as a battlefield, and we've characterized uh, those living in darkness, sometimes they're the enemy, sometimes they're our opportunity. Always, Christ tells us to be loving. As I mentioned in the first segment, I came back from a trip last week and landed 
and received texts about a conversation Pastor Steve was having with Christy about a local church which is having a, quote, drag night to raise money in support of transgender parenting. And I think it's an important conversation because this church is advertising it as loving and inclusive and a lot of these other secular words. But what we are told is not to be conformed to the world. We can't bring light to a world living in darkness when we are like that world. So the first step of a Christian is to not be like the world. Scripture goes so far as to say, resist evil. And so Genesis chapter 2, God created man and woman. He created marriage. And it's that team, that man and woman, that family, that foundation that does the work of God as a building block of his kingdom. So what were your thoughts when you first saw this, Pastor Steve? Well, as as most everybody, as we just witnessed here in the... In Shock. The, in the, yeah, just like, are, are you kidding me? And we've got to be real careful, as, as we have talked, um, not to jump on the throw stone bandwagon, um, right. because if I'm honest and transparent... It rises up uh, uh, in my flesh. It rises up uh, a physical response. Yeah, uh, I mean uh, a worldly uh, response. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, this. Oh, I just get fired up. Right. Um, but just as just as you said, how how do we go at this? How do we go at it? So if if we're outside the building throwing rocks at the building and screaming and hollering, but then then are really are we've really not done much, or if if at all, just basically the same side, just different argument. So as we come at this, but my, my thoughts are is, and there's, there's just so much going through my head, but it's how, how off base. So we say, okay, scripture says that that's not right. Well, there's really where I think the start of it comes from. They're not basing it off of scripture. They're basing it off of what, uh, they believe is a twisted truth or the we've got to be all inclusive. We've got to, Jesus loves everybody. Well, he does love everybody, but in all throughout scripture, the woman at the well, you've been married five times and you're shacking up with a guy. Now what you're doing's wrong at, at the end of the exchange, go and sin no more. He loved her and he shared the truth with her and he wanted her eternal soul to be with him in heaven. But he didn't say, keep going, doing what you're doing, and not only keep doing what you're doing, we're going to have a big night to celebrate what you're doing that's wrong. You notice nowhere in Scripture, the woman caught in adultery, where he says, those of you that have sinned, cast the first stone. After it was all done, he said, go and sin no more. I can go on and on and on. It always ends in that, not let's celebrate what you're doing, continue to do it, applaud it, and say that it's in this nice bow of Christianity, because it's not. The two things that come to me, and I agree with you, we have to be careful, because first and foremost, we all sin. And there's nothing that says one sin is worse than another sin. So this is very important. I think where things start to diverge is, it's one thing to be repentant of a sin, to acknowledge it as a sin, and to really 
deep down, bring yourself to the foot of the cross and say, Lord Jesus, help me to stop doing this. It's another thing to be unrepentant in a sin, such that you either want the world to say this is not a sin, you want to change the writing of the Bible yourself. And I think that's the distinction that we're talking about. But I want to um, underpin everything that we say today with this scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're not about being ugly toward our fellow human beings who are just as lost as us. Now, with that said, I came across this from uh, a devotional this morning, and it says, the human race is best characterized as a dysfunctional spiritual family, all of us having been marked from birth by the effects of sin. Sin has found its way into every aspect of human life, personally and institutionally. We would be hopelessly naive to think otherwise. And so we need not just a philosopher or social theorist or political activist or military hero, but a savior, someone who can break into our dysfunction from the outside and heal us. And that's what we're talking about here, is not pretending like the doctor is a doctor for everybody else, or that there's no disease to heal. And so what breaks my heart about this is when you pretend that sin is not sin, you make it easy for everybody else to sin, and that's how we got so far down this road where our children don't even know if they're boys or girls. We've said it time and time again, and and I'm sure we'll say it multiple times even in this show, the Word of God's the backboard that we should pour, the filter that we should pour all thoughts. To, should, is this a good idea? Should we have this at our church? Let's pour it through Scripture. Well, the problem is, is once I take that away or I tweak or I admit ones that would say this is a bad idea, whatever, then then it's it's off to the races. It's 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 well, let me do what I want to do, and we can't. We can't reason with someone with Scripture if they're not willing to say, well, I'm not going to go by that. Right. Skip. Scripture is the Word of God. Yeah. And so, so if, 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 by, if you came to me and said, what you're doing is wrong, it's right here in Scripture, we, we would have that conversation. We would look at the book. We would step back and say, you know what? You're right. But if they're not willing to do that, then— We can't then, even have a conversation. Then it's, then it's a whole nother ball ballgame. Yeah. I, rem- I remember our first— um, when you and I, Richard, got together the first time and, and we met at Barnes & Noble and we had coffee and we were talking about the roles of um, men and women, husbands and wives in marriage, you came beside me and knelt and showed me the Bible and said, you know, what does Scripture say? And we both were talking about Ephesians 33 or that, that passage. And so I've always... Ephesians read, chapter 5. Uh, yes, five, thank you. 533. Um, about husbands, uh, love your wives, wives respect your husbands. Yes. Yeah, that one. Um, you're very good with scripture and <laughs> remembering that if I don't have it written. You're doing down. awesome. <laughs> uh, but I, it just stuck with me. And I say that often. So in anything, when we have a question, what does scripture say? But th- I think the thing that when I first learned about this event where I was just without words is that if, if you think about 
those who are looking for the truth out there, and I mean the truth, capital truth, um, that that cornerstone of a, a place I can go and trust what is said, and, and and that's the church. And then you you go in and you get kind of what the world says. As Pastor Steve was saying, we're kind of we're off to the races, and it's just leaves me at a very speechless place. Not not judgmental, but very concerned. Absolutely. You should be concerned. A couple of things come to me. Number one, I told the story a couple of weeks ago about a courageous 14-year-old young man who emailed us at Courageous Christianity saying, I know there is one truth. Please help me to know what it is, because I know the things that my teacher is saying can't make sense. And that is just heartbreaking. The other thing I would say is... There's the way we handle sin, and we're going to talk about that in the third segment, because how we handle the sin around us says a lot about our God. And so Pastor Steve said his first reaction kind of uh, could have been an earthly one, where in his flesh he felt uh, shock or even anger. And uh, I think that makes a ton of sense. And then that is what brings us with resolve to the Word of God, the black and white Word of God, where we say, are you kidding me? Before I shoot my mouth off, before I say something that uh, demeans my God, let me go and read Scripture. Before you say something you think, <laughs> you go to what God thinks. Right, because what, what, what happened? You were in a place of flesh right off the bat, self-admitted. And so how do I get out of that place of flesh? In any situation, well, I go to the Word of God. And so, for instance, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 17 say this, If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. What we hear in those verses is gentleness, compassion. Show him his fault in private. We don't have to advertise it to the world. We don't have to go and yell about it. Ooh, look at me. We show him his fault in private. And if he won't listen, then we get witnesses, all of which is based on what Scripture says. We're not in our own flesh responding the way we think is right because then we're just as bad as the world. Stay with us, folks. We're going to have this important conversation in the third segment what do we do when we come to these places? Stay with us. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, 
and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are having courageous conversations. Today we are talking about at the intersection of faith and the secular world, how do we handle conflict? How do we handle this crazy situation, for example, whereby a local church has decided that they are going to support all sorts of aberrant behavior? And we talked about the fact that Marines have rules of engagement. It tells us how we behave in combat. And combat is confusing, and we want to do the right thing because if we don't do the right thing, then we're just as bad as the enemy. And so we are governed by our rules of engagement. And the same is true as Christians. In our love of Jesus, we are governed by what Jesus tells us is right. He is our Lord and Savior. Lord issues rules, tells you how to act. And importantly, Unless we act in that way, no good can come of any of these conflicts. But if we handle them in the right way, then the Holy Spirit can have good come about. But it has a lot to do with how we handle it, because remember, there's a scripture that says, my name is blasphemed among pagans because of you. So let's say somebody does the wrong thing. That's bad. We handle it wrong. That's bad. And now, basically, we're two pigs slinging mud. And a passerby doesn't see a Christian. They just see two people covered up in mud. So in regard to the situation with the small church, what is the right way to handle it? Good question to ask. What are your thoughts? Well, I I think, I mean, you read the scripture, go to them. And and again, it's, it's, is there someone that could come and speak into the leaders of this church's life and say, hey guys, let's sit down, let's open the Bible. If there are, great. If there aren't. Okay, but for so what does that mean to you or me? Um, Do we go join the protest and throw rocks at the building, whatever? 
No, do I get on Facebook and blast a bunch of y'all are blah, 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 blah. No, because just like you said, that doesn't make us look any better. Who is free from sin, let him cast the first stone. Exactly. See, I, I also think, though, that, that the enemy in the world has tried to put that little placard up in the front of, well, well, you've sinned, so you can't say anything. That, that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says, well, yeah, I've sinned, and I've fallen short. Every one of us have, okay? But that doesn't mean that I don't say anything. That doesn't mean that I don't say the truth. Yeah, it's with humility that I recognize the fact that, yes, I need to check my understanding and my beliefs with Scripture because I, too, am fallen. And see, there's a thing that that I tell people a lot. Here's where the battle comes up, and I think this we were talking about in segment one, I believe, about the conflict and all of us being scared of conflict. I think that one step one would be to not realize it. Don't look at it as conflict. Because here it's the spirit. That would be the first mistake. That, that that's that's the first step. Don't look at it as conflict, because no. we all do shy back from conflict. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to get in a fight with anybody. Good mindset. Okay, don't look at it as Great conflict. Point. Look at it as I'm an opportunity. Do, I'm doing what the Word of God and what my Savior has told me to do: share the truth in love. And, and as long as I'm doing that, then I can lay my head down at night knowing I've done the right thing. That I'll hear good and fa- good job, you know, faithful servant. Um, one day, if I do that, okay. So then I go in, and the hope is that if we come at it and and don't shy away from the conflict or don't shy away from sharing the truth, because because that's one going to be one of the first things that that gets tossed up. Well, well, this isn't a sin. This is my lifestyle. I was born this way. Uh, whatever the case may be, it's sexual immorality. Plain and simple. Done. Okay. Paint it however you want it. It's sexual immorality. Bible says that's wrong. So number Bible. one, recognize it for what it is. Number two, don't see it as a conflict. See it as an opportunity. Right. Exactly. See it as an opportunity to say, all right, here's, this might be the first time, and, and I, it feels weird saying these people because they're, they're made in the image of God. They're, they're, they're just like you and I, but, um, Someone that has chosen this lifestyle and then chosen to to glorify it, promote it. Okay, so here's this might be the first time they're really hearing the truth. Okay, good point. This this could be where because what they've heard up to this point maybe has been yeah live however you want. Jesus Jesus loves everybody. Everybody gets into heaven as long as you're a good person uh, and you do good things. You're in that that might be what they've heard. Okay. So this could be the first time as an opportunity to share the truth of God's love that says, repent and turn from your sins. This might be the first time they're really hearing that. And then in a way, if it's, you know, I can, I can, as I'm throwing a rock, scream, Jesus is the answer. Chances are the person's not going to hear the, they're ducking. So they're not going to hear that Jesus is the answer. So what I'm hearing you say is come alongside them rather than at them. Well, that's that beautiful image that I get. When we consult Scripture first, it's like you and I have said, right now you and I are face-to-face. We are in conflict. Our body language says we're in conflict. We're face-to-face. But if we both bring ourselves to the Bible, the same Bible, now we're already shoulder to shoulder. We're halfway there. We're 50% of the way there. And if we're submitted to that word, then we both say, Okay, you're right. This is wrong. I have to repent. How do I do that? Help me. 
Right. The That's a whole I, different animal than throwing stones. The image I get stones. when you say that is the woman at the well. I picture Jesus coming and just kind of like sitting on the edge of the well with her. And they're, they're sitting and he's just like asking her questions alongside with her versus you, you, you have done, 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 bad, bad, bad. And you know that's so right because he says you have answered truthfully. If you'd known who you were talking to, you right. would have asked me for water and I would have given you water and you would never thirst. So the truth, the word, is the water that will cause us to not thirst. We are all just heartbroken searching for truth, and it's in black and white in the Bible, but do we speak it, and do we hold each other to it, mm. well, and do we hold it up? And, that, and that's a great point, because ultimately, we we were all, whether it's through material things, whether it's through love, whether we're all searching for that thing that's going to fulfill us. I mean, for years before I came to Christ, that was... That was the thing, you know, what, well, no, I didn't get it through money. I didn't get it through job status. I didn't get it through, then Jesus enters my life yeah, and bam, absolutely. you know, that, that, bam. that, that crater hole that was in my soul is now overflowing. I found it. Wow. Okay. So whatever the case may be that has taken him over, you know, it reminds me of Zacchaeus um, when Jesus came to Zacchaeus and he by by our standards, I, I kind of see Zacchaeus as like a guy out of some mobster movie. The Sopranos. Or, the Sopranos, yeah. Um, he's an extortionist. So yeah, he had the job of tax collector, but he was he was taking money, you know, ste- stealing, robbing, sins, all sins. Everything he was doing was a sinful life, hated by everybody in the town. But he comes, he has a true experience, actually encounters the real Jesus— and, and, you know, I'll share the, the, the whole story, but I want to read. Um, it says, Zacchaeus stopped. This is after he encountered Jesus. What, this is you? Luke 19, verse Luke 8. 19. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. So instantly. We Making s- amends. Instantly we see him, and, and we could go into a whole, the four times as much, takes it into Old Scripture or Old Testament. But So he's saying, based on the law, I know I'm supposed to do this. If I've defrauded anybody, I'll, 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 I'll repay it. And then what does Jesus say right after that? And it says, Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. So Jesus sees the repented heart. He sees that that this encounter has changed him. So, bam, he says, today salvation has come to you. Okay? Yay! That's that's our hope, and that's our goal. If we do it in a loving, caring way, standing there face-to-face with that person that day, does it happen? I don't know, but I'm going to plant some seeds of love, and I'm not going to be hating on that person as I'm doing it, but I'm certainly not going to shy away from the truth because of their beliefs because they're screaming louder than me because they're bowed up and angry i'm not going to shy away from the truth no and uh titus chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 say this reject a factious man after a first and second warning knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning being self-condemned so be careful about becoming that man yourself exactly and here's here's one other thing that i think is super important there's nothing I can do, you can do, Christy can do, or anyone standing down at that church can do to save that person. All we can do is speak the truth. 
it is then in Christ's hands and the Holy Spirit's hands to actually pull them. Amen. So that's that's another reason why I say don't look at it as, as a conflict. Your job is to is to lob a truth seed out there, and then the rest is in his hands. Whether it happens immediately like it did with Zacchaeus, it might happen six months from now. We don't know. But but if I take that burden off, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to change these people. No, you're not. Yeah, that's a lot of I. You're in the flesh yourself. And so at that intersection, we hear the Bible say a lot. Do not be frightened. Do not be discouraged. Stand firm in faith. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. All of that is in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 9. And when I picture stand firm in faith, on the narrow road that leads to Christ, there's a person coming in the other direction. I'm walking home toward Jesus, and here comes this person. And first... And foremost, I can stand firm. I could stop and just stand right there in the middle of the road and say nothing, and they would see Jesus in me in love. They would have to go around me. Figuratively, what does that mean? It means I just stand there and speak the truth in love. Now, if you want to persist in that behavior, you're heading in the other direction, go around me. But for me to get out of your way... Mm. So that it's easier for you to go past me throwing yourself off a spiritual cliff. Well, now I'm complicit in your spiritual suicide. Whereas on the other hand, if I stand there and speak to you the truth in love and say to you, don't do this, walk with me, let's talk about what Jesus says. We're again, shoulder to shoulder. We're heading home together. I'm helping you today. Maybe you'll be helping me tomorrow. And on the narrow road that leads to Christ, we are both in his will. Friends, stay with us for the final segment. We will close this out. If you're listening to this station and this show, there's a good chance that you believe in Jesus. There's a good chance you want to live for him, but there's also a good chance you struggle to live by your faith in this fallen world. Sound familiar? If it does, please join us for a special day of learning that will empower you as a Christian warrior to affect spiritual, personal, political, economic, educational, and social change. The first step in a warrior's journey is boot camp. In this boot camp for Christian men, we will address this conflict as you begin to realize the power of God's plan for your life. You'll gain clarity about your unique gifts and kingdom purpose. You'll identify your values and better understand how to live out those values. And you'll identify your most authentic opportunity as a Christian leader at home, at work, in church, and in the community. Rather than struggle, you'll feel power, compassion, and purpose. Join us Saturday, November 5th, 2022 from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at Grace Family Fellowship in Willis, Texas. For more details and to reserve your seat, go to ccbootcamp2022.eventbrite.com. The cost is $99.00. And there's a discount for veterans and first responders. Take this step with us. Again, go to ccbootcamp2022.eventbrite.com for more details and to register. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in a courageous conversation, conversation where we talk about the truth of God, standing firm in faith, knowing that a conflict can actually bring out good. We know the Lord promises us that good comes uh, in all challenges for those who love him. And if we shy away from conflict, 
then there is no teaching opportunity. There is no learning opportunity. We just got out the way because it's what was comfortable for us. We didn't actually care about the person that we pretended to love. So now we stand firm in faith, and that creates what the world would call a conflict. And Pastor Steve made a very good point about that when he said, first and foremost, don't see it as a conflict. And so I love that because now by standing firm in faith, it becomes a classroom. And in that classroom, the Holy Spirit will have his voice. Jesus, Lord, will have his voice. And so combat is a lot about the process. And we think of ourselves as the, in the outcome business, as I've said before, but we're not. We're in the process business. So we can trust in the process. Using the rules of engagement, doing what our nation tells us to, we go to war and higher headquarters, the generals, uh, they're responsible for the outcome. And it's the same with Jesus, our general. He is responsible for the outcome. The Holy Spirit is responsible for the outcome. I'm responsible for being faithful in the process. And what is that process? It's what's detailed in Scripture. In love, stand firm in faith. And then this, uh, whatever it is, whether it's this crazy thing that we're talking about, uh, drag night at a church uh, to raise money for transgender parenting, or maybe it's somebody who's stealing. Maybe it's a friend of yours who's having an affair. Whatever it is, when you stand firm in faith, you cease to be complicit, and now it becomes a classroom. So say you do what we're talking about here, we don't see it as conflict, and we actually go to them with Scripture, then the world comes at us with conflict. I mean, I know stories of a man who was preaching the Word in Seattle and got locked up for it. Right. So what do you do then? I'm sure there's listeners out there thinking, okay, I want to do this. I want to be courageous. Well, what happened with the coach who decided that he was going to pray on the field a personal prayer? The entire world was edified. Now we know his name, Coach Kennedy. And he didn't do it uh, in a belligerent way. He just said, this is what I do. Recently, the Supreme Court said, that is your right, and nobody can take that from you. So again, we invest ourselves in the process and trust the outcomes to God. It's a tactic of the enemy. Yeah. So so that's right when you've got that gumption and you're you're like, I'm yes, I'm gonna do this, he's gonna throw that little fear bomb in there to say, Oh, you might you might go to jail. You yeah. might you might yeah. get in trouble if you go do this. And um What does scripture say? It says when you believe in his name you will not be put to shame. Well the thing that came to my mind when you said that is like, okay, you stand firm, that just draws you closer to Christ. You're you're putting your faith in this to say I I'm trusting not I may just as as Rich said I'm, I may not be able to control the outcome of this I'm trusting the outcome of this to you Amen. Jesus even if I do go I mean Paul wrote most of his best writings from prison right yeah <laughs> so, exactly well um, that's where we get to this place do the next right thing and so first and foremost I, I love the direction of this because you may have noticed we've just gone full circle. First and foremost, we have to come to the foot of the cross ourselves, and we have to submit ourselves to Scripture. Before we can be of any good to anyone else, we have to be fully invested in the process. And Lord, if there is any sin in me, please show me what it is 
and then help me to address it. And that's step number one. And in trying to get our own house in order, we learn scripture. We have to let go of our pride and we have to come to the foot of the cross in humility. Absolutely. And then the next step is we look around and we say, hey, brother, what's going on here? How can I help you? This is what scripture said to me. This is what Jesus has done for me. This is how I was lifted up when I was fallen. Well, and I think you you, you touched on something there that I, I may maybe expound a little further on. We talked about a while ago when I first heard this, my flesh rose up a little bit. Yes. You know, so then is it me running out to the street corner at that point in the flesh yelling and screaming? Or is it me having sat down, opened the word, in prayer, said, Lord, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm handling this, or I'm, I'm handing this over to you. Use me however you see fit. You, mm-hmm. you know, am I submitted to him and fully trusting all of, all of it to him on what he's asking me to do? Then I can confidently go out there and say, put me in the middle of the crowd, whatever you want to do, Lord. Just use me as your vessel and as your mouthpiece. Whereas, but if I'm running out there and it's the book of Steve and it's Steve's agenda, that's when I'm probably going to be, you know, not probably, I am going to be off base. Yeah. And and it's after you bring yourself and as you get yourself squared away, which is a daily process, friends, as we know, you don't do it once for all. So as that happens, nicely done, Mike. Mike's giving me fighter pilot signals over there. And by the way, I did just watch Top Gun uh, when I was on my rest break on the way back from Frankfurt, and it was a lot of fun. But I digress. Do the next right thing. Well, how do we know what the next right thing is? Because first and foremost, we have brought ourselves to the pages of the Bible and said, Lord, show us. And then we've made that a daily effort. And it's with humility that we've said, I am wrong two or three or four or five or ten times a day. And it's only by asking Jesus to help me that I am of any value in his kingdom. And then as I've become more valuable in his kingdom— to see my opportunity to help those around me. That's where our true value is. And so as I get right, a daily effort, an hourly effort at times, now I see my responsibility to help those around me. And it's into the darkness that I shine that light, and it's a process. And by the way, I'm not worried about the outcome as I imagine it, because I know The Lord works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And what is his purpose? That none shall be lost. He left the 99 to get the one. And so that's where his mission becomes our mission, not in judgment, but in love. Because if we look around, this is a lost and broken and struggling and suffering world. And I don't know how you could see it, And then say, okay, well, I'm good. My house is in order. Mm. I'm not worried about here. It it breaks my heart to think that, friends. So it's not with judgment, condescension, condemnation, or anything like that, that we look around and we speak the truth in love. Final thoughts. It's, it's It's a big subject. It's a heavy subject. But it really draws me back to... um I think I'm really sticking with what Pastor Steve said is don't look at it as conflict. I love that. Yeah, it really helped me look at it differently. But then as I try to do more and more, go to Scripture, what does Scripture say? And like you said, Richard, 
minute by minute, moment by moment, and not the book of Steve, not the book of Christy, not the book of Richard. What does scripture say? Go and do that. We're too late in the segment to even even open up this, but I, I just want to mention it as a bullet point. Just because this thing is happening at a place that has Christ's name in it doesn't mean it's Christian. That's a true Great statement, point. and you see a lot of Christians not acting like Christians. So just to wrap this up, to remember some of the things Pastor Steve said, first and foremost, recognize it as sin. Secondly, don't look at it as conflict. It's a classroom. Go and do your job. That's the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth. In every show, as you know, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion And we do this to remind ourselves, and I'm going to say this slowly, God's Word is our first refuge. It's always relevant, and it never fails. Today, our moment of truth comes from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, and it says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. The Bible tells us that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Where it is transgressed, we see suffering brought on by confusion, by man doing what man thinks is right, and all of that humanistic nonsense which has never worked. And let me repeat this. Men doing what men think is right has never worked. History confirms this. Evidence of this is all around us today. So if we truly care about our fellow man and his suffering, obey the word of God. It never fails. So first, apply it to yourself. Where you are wrong, repent and get right. Ask forgiveness. Make amends to those you have hurt, like Pastor Steve talked about in his example. Second, in love, apply it to those around you. If you truly care about the suffering of men and women, husbands and wives, children, and those lost to their flesh, walk compassionately in the Word of God. It's the best thing you can do for your neighbors and your family. Bringing ourselves to the foot of the cross by the Word of God never fails. Individually and collectively, The sooner we admit we are wrong, the sooner we can get right. And that's Courageous Christianity. Friends, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at kkht.com, on CourageousChristianity.today, or on your favorite podcast app. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.